Welcome to episode 4 of the Mildly Unstable podcast. Thank you for bearing with us as we figure out the recording kinks and find our footing. We appreciate your support. Disclaimer. This episode discusses heavy topics relating to mental health, suicidal ideation, sexuality, and gender identity. Viewer discretion is advised. Okay, welcome to this is episode four now. I think so. Man, we're really we're really going with oh this. We're really going hard with this. Um, so this is episode four of Mildly Unstable. Welcome back. Um, last week, um, I'm hoping that the mic levels are better now. They should be. because I'm not sitting. I don't have my mouth on the microphone <laughs> this time, like I did last time. Which it's was funny, the whole ridiculous. Time, the whole time I'm looking at you and I'm like, I'm making it. I'm I'm wrong. I need no. to be close. Yeah, I was I was way too I was way too close to the mic, and um, I said that in the disclaimer. I went on this website and they were like, use an automated voice, and I was like, perfect. That's cute. So I was like, I put out a disclaimer for the content, and then also I said, please excuse the poor audio quality. Ray was sitting too close to the <laughs> microphone. We will take care of this problem in the future. I love it. That's so cute. <laughs> Because it's it's true. I had my mouth on the microphone Kinda. because I'm still getting into the rhythm of this That's and I'm still fair. getting used to it. Um, so <laughs> so that was that was fun. Yeah, that was just a, that was a fun time. Fully lips, just fully like deep throating the microphone. <laughs> it was disgusting. I know. I know. I know. I know. Oh my word. It was it was a mistake. It was a mistake. <laughs> yeah. So uh, episode four. Yeah. We're really going we're really getting going with this thing. Yeah. We're I really, think we're just both very excited to be doing it. We're really uh going hard with this thing. Yeah. It comes easy. You know it does I mean? come easy. Like it's just you I, I realize that the... I realize that every time we record an episode of the yeah. podcast, we're like, How long has it been? Probably like twenty minutes. Oh, it's been an hour and ten yeah. minutes. Yeah, like I have to do the math in my yeah, head. Yeah, like, last episode and that, and last that. episode went an hour and like five minutes. Oh my gosh. And like Every time I look, I'm expecting it to be like 25 minutes max, yeah. and then I look and it's and we're at our time limit, and I'm yeah. like, what, what the heck? Yeah, like I'm like, it's happen? been over an hour, which is crazy. Yeah, that's insane. So, but now my lips are not against the microphone, yeah. so the sound quality should be significantly should better. Should be a lot better. Should be significantly better. Oh my goodness. Um. So yeah, but so this episode we wanted to focus a little bit on um, gender identity and sexual orientation. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to talk a little bit about just everything that surrounds that and yeah. stuff. And, you know, I'm, I'm non-binary and I'm mm-hmm. pan. And uh, it's, it's an interesting experience. Um, I'm also a Libra. So that just, that makes sense because I can't make a decision. To, I knew there was a reason. I, I, I can't make a decision to save my That's life. So I can't decide what gender I am and I can't decide who I'm more attracted to. <laughs> so I can't make a decision to save my life. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, but, uh, it, it's weird. People ask me a lot, like, did you just know, mm-hmm. like, you just knew that you were a girl. Right? Yeah. You just know. There was there was never a moment in my identity that I was like, maybe I'm not. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, I definitely am not one of those people that's super connected to being a girl. Mm-hmm. You know? But, but you could... I'm aware, like, I'm a girl. I'm comfortable with calling myself a girl. Mm-hmm. That's where my... Like, you identify I as identify cisgender. As a, yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah. I remember, like, it took me a while to figure it out, but growing up, I remember, like, feeling feeling very disconnected from it. Mm-hmm. Like, feeling more masculine than feminine growing up and I didn't really understand why and I thought it was because I was queer mm-hmm. I and that's obviously not that's not how that works just because you're yeah. queer doesn't mean that but you're when you're young it's, it's very difficult to it's really especially difficult if you're questioning both it's very difficult to separate yeah. those feelings because already you're like why don't I like the same people that other girls might yeah to? and especially and you're like oh I'm not a girl yeah <laughs> especially because I always hung out with the guys. Mm-hmm. First of all, they were a lot nicer than a lot of the girls because girls can True be very that. catty. They can be very catty, very... Especially when younger, I find that girls, the way that we're socialized from young age, it can be very clicky. Yes, very clicky. And I was bullied. And was it was right. always by girls, and the guys mm-hmm. were always a lot nicer. So in middle school, at recess, um, before I started having panic attacks and I couldn't go to recess anymore, mm-hmm. um, I used to play football with the guys. Mm-hmm. I used to play tackle football with the guys mm-hmm. and I remember my I came home one day and I was filthy I was <laughs> filthy and my mom was like what did you do and I was like oh I was playing football with the guys and she was like nice let me clean this for you like nice. did not care I totally totally fine with the fact that I came home covered in mud I love that though. covered in mud and my mom was just like did you have fun all right no problem <laughs> let me let me give me your clothes and wash them she was like I, I got tied it's all good <laughs> I love that but um I always, I always felt more comfortable with the guys. I felt like I could relate to them a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, and then especially because my attraction was to females first. Yeah. So I that made me even more relate to them because a lot of them were like, when I was outed, because mm-hmm. I didn't come out, I was outed in oh middle my school. God. I was outed in middle school. That's awful. I'm so sorry. Um, I had a friend who we were really close and I had a crush on her. Mm-hmm. Um, and she kind of asked me one day if I liked her mm-hmm. and I remember being like yeah but like I, it's 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 not a big deal like I understand if yeah like I'm not gonna expect you to feel the same way exactly. I was like it's totally fine like I'm cool with just going on and being friends yeah and she was like oh okay and then the next day the whole school knew that I was queer oh my god whole school oh my god and um I was viciously bullied by the girls two guys and like all the girls a lot of the guys were like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, a lot of the middle school guys didn't care. Yeah. And were just kind of like, oh, well, you could get us an in with the girls we like. And I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. Your wingman. They were like, you could, like, be, you could be our spy. And I was I like, that. okay. So there were a lot of times where, like, the guys, are, like, were a lot nicer to me. Because mm-hmm. they'd be like, oh, so-and-so is really hot. And I'd be like, yeah, she's hot. And they'd be like, yeah, you know. <laughs> They'd be like, you know. Like a weird bonding um, experience. It was like a weird bonding experience. Guys. Yeah. But it was, it helped a lot because then I felt like I had a place that I kind of belonged. Yeah. Um, but then I got to high school and. Very different animal. The dynamic completely changed. And a mm-hmm. lot of those guys started playing football and I was in the marching band. And our socially, our socially we just didn't line up. We just yeah. didn't match up. Social circles just. And they became wildly popular because they were in the, the football team. Yeah. And then I became an outcast because I was in the marching, the marching band, band and I was queer and I was angsty and depressed. And Classic high school stereotypes. Apparently, and I'm not sure if this is true, 
But apparently, my sophomore year of high school, when I was really depressed, Mm -hmm. um, I stopped kind of caring about my appearance. So Mm -hmm. I was just coming to school in, like, pajamas. Yeah. And, like, I wasn't brushing my hair. I never wore makeup. I mean, like, you Um, I would wear, like, a hoodie and sweatpants. Like, I looked. I was a mess. Um, And apparently, there was a rumor that I was a school shooter um, in the making. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. Apparently, like, a bunch of kids were, like... Yeah, Ray's gonna shoot up the school. And oh I remember God. being like, what? Yeah. Like, apparently, like, that was a rumor that was going around oh that, like, God. if there was a school shooting, it was gonna be me. Meanwhile, you're literally just trying to get day to day. And meanwhile, I'm just trying to make it through the yeah. school day. I'm yeah. like, I have no. And the thing is, with my depression, and mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people are like this, I had no interest in hurting other people. Yeah. I had no interest. Yeah. I never had any interest in hurting other people. Yeah. I'm an empath. I can't hurt other people. I'm the same Because even if I say something slightly rude, yeah. it it bothers me so much. It bothers much you for like Because days. I'm like, man, I really, yeah. that was not cool. So the fact that all these kids were like, yeah, if there's going to be a school shooting, it's going to be Ray. I was like, where like, did where you, you get that from? Where are you getting this notion that I'm going to hurt Where anybody? did you get that from? Yeah. And at that time, and it's it's dark, but at that time, the only person I wanted to hurt was me. Yeah. Like, the only person I hated and had a vendetta against was me. Yeah. You're literally so, going hour by hour. And, like, I was life. viciously bullied, and I didn't yeah. even care. Yeah. I didn't even care. I was like, I hate myself so much that I understand why these kids are being mean to me. And, like, it's, I didn't, I wasn't mad at them. I didn't want to take it out on them. I never had any interest in hurting other people. Yeah. But apparently that was a thing, and I was very depressed, and my kind of group with the guys was gone, because now they were super popular, and they cared about their reputation, reputation. Yeah. so they, wouldn't, they weren't going to hang out with no. me anymore, we weren't going to walk home from school together anymore, yeah. so I became more of an outcast, and sophomore year was the first time that I was so bummed that I couldn't hang out with the guys. Mm-hmm. It was the first time that I looked at myself and I was like, maybe I'm not a girl. Mm-hmm. And I remember that thought being really scary and me being like, wait a minute, like this is what I was raised to be. And then I was just kind of like, but maybe that's not how it is. And I remember like being very confused for sophomore and most of junior year and that didn't help with the depression because sophomore and junior year were really hard because sophomore year I was suicidal and then junior year I was figuring out how to like move on how to like move past the depression and like live without like hesitation yeah, which is so, so difficult after It's a very hard, especially when you spent almost a year being like, I'm not going to make it to 18. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, when I, I, and I've made, um, I made a TikTok about this, actually, mm-hmm. when people were doing that trend of, like, talking to your younger self. Um, oh, yeah. I didn't think I was going to make it to 18, because I just assumed that I would not make it. I just assumed that, and this is really dark again, I assumed I was going to end it before I, made, I hit 18 because I was 15, 16, and I was, I was severely depressed. Um, I was in the same boat. I, I didn't think I'd make it to 18, and then I hit 18, and, you're like, and senior do? year was, like, a good year. Senior yeah. year. And I remember being like, holy shit, like, 
I haven't thought about my future yet. I'm going to have to start doing that. And then it's all I started thinking about was like going to college, what I was going to study, mm-hmm. um, what I wanted to be when I grow up, where I wanted to live when I grow yeah. up and like all this stuff. And like now I have all these plans for the future because I know I'm going to have one. Yeah. But as a 15, 16, 17, I didn't know I was going to have a future. Yeah. I was like, will I even make it? Or And it wasn't even like, there were times where I was like, yes, I might end it before then mm-hmm. um, in that mindset. But it was also like, I might just become a recluse and never leave my room. And yeah. just accept my life as a worthless piece of garbage that will not leave their room. Um, and it was tough. And it was really tough. And questioning your gender does not help questioning your gender makes it so much worse because it's like i have no idea what's going on in my life and i and i don't understand myself now yeah and it was very it was very rough and it was very confusing and i remember my best friend is trans Mm -hmm. and i was very lucky to have him that's my brother Mm -hmm. like my best friend alex is my brother i consider Mm -hmm. him family so when I introduce him to people, I say, this is my brother. Yeah. And I appreciate that he's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm the brother. <laughs> yeah. I'm the brother. My mom's like, my son. <laughs> um, he's trans. Mm-hmm. And he was the only person I knew that was different than the gender they were born with. Mm-hmm. So we had a year, sophomore year, he was going through his stuff and I was going through my stuff. We didn't really talk. Yeah. We kind of parted ways. And then summer before junior year, mm-hmm. he texted me and he was like, hey, I'm really sorry that I kind of like dipped. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been doing a lot of self-growth. Would you want to get together? And I was like, sure. Um, the first like month or two of school is crazy because of marching band. Of course. But <clears throat> let's definitely hang out when marching band is over. And he was like, no problem. So marching band season ended and I had my license mm-hmm. now. And we went to see my friend's band play. Mm -hmm. And we hung out and in the car, we talked about everything. Mm -hmm. And he was like, yeah, I was doing a lot of self-growth. And I was like, well, I was in the hospital. And he was like, okay, you should have started with that. (laughs) (laughs) And we like talked about it. And he was like, how are you doing now? And I was like, I'm I'm treading water. I'm not drowning anymore. I'm I'm treading water. Which is a huge step. I was like, I'm not drowning anymore, but I am still kind of in the water. but I'm keeping my head above most of the time. And he was like, well, that's good. And we hung out and we went to see this band and then we went out after for coffee. And we went and we had coffee and I remember saying to him, I remember it was the first time I said it. He was like, so what's been going on? And I just went, I don't think I'm a girl. Mm -hmm. And he was like, oh, uh, all right. And I just kind of like dropped it on him out of nowhere. And he was like, okay, well, what's making you feel like that? I was like, I just don't, identify with it like I feel so disconnected Mm -hmm. from the female gender that I I just I don't think I can be a girl he was like okay well do you think you're a guy and I said no Mm -hmm. I don't think I'm anything is that even possible he was like yeah have you ever heard of Mm non-binary and I was like no what's that and he was like well it's an umbrella term for a lot of different kinds of um, Mm -hmm. non-gender conforming um identities Mm -hmm. and he was like you might be non-binary and i was like oh okay and so i was like i'm gonna do some research and he was like okay well like keep me in the loop and i was like i will so i did a lot of research and i started learning more about i went on like lgbtq tumblr 
and there were like all these like and it sounds so lame but there were all these text posts that were like talking about different gender identities and different sexualities and I was like okay so I looked and I was looking at different definitions and I identified most with um, gender fluid which Mm -hmm. was depending on the day I might feel a certain way this way or I might feel a certain way that way um but it fell under non-binary and non-binary fit with me because I just didn't feel like anything yeah. I didn't feel like I had a gender and I didn't think that was possible until Alex told me that it was mm-hmm. um so I did some research and then I went to talk to the SAC at my school mm-hmm. um the student assistance counselor and yeah. she was great I had a great relationship with her at that point mm-hmm. um so I went to her and I was like I wanted to talk to you about something and she was like what's up and I was like I think I might be Mm non-binary and we talked about it for like an hour Mm -hmm. and we just talked about my gender and how I'd been feeling and um she actually helped me pick my preferred name Mm -hmm. and I was like I think I want a gender neutral name and she was like how about Ray Mm -hmm. and I was like oh yeah people call me that anyway and she was like and it's gender neutral and I was like it's not that big Mm -hmm. of an adjustment for people so um I called Alex and I was like hey Um, I just wanted to let you know that I'm non-binary and I think I want to use they them pronouns Mm -hmm. and I want to be called Ray. He was like, done. And then he was the first person to start calling me Ray. And then a couple weeks later, my sister asked me if we could talk and they were like, I want to talk to you. And I was like, what's up? And they were like, I think I might be non-binary. And I was like, are you joking? And they were like, like, at the same time, you're like, what? I was like, I just just realized that I'm non-binary. And they were like, you're joking. And I was like, no. That... So we, we had been going iconic. through it at the same time. And you had no idea. And we had been depressed at the same time, too. Oh, my God. So we kind of had a conversation, and then they started calling me Ray and mm-hmm. they, them, and I started calling them Jay mm-hmm. with they, them. Okay. Um, the yeah, Ray and Jay. Yeah. That we discussed. That's yeah. so cute. But um, it was just, and then from there on, it I got more and more confident with it. But I remember... That must have been such a weight off your shoulders. I remember too. my friends started calling me Ray, and a lot of kids at school started catching on. They were like, why are people calling you Ray? Why are they using they, them? Mm. And I was like, well, I'm non-binary. Yeah. And a lot of people were like, what is that? And I would explain it. Because at that time... I would explain it, and then these kids would be like, prove it. Like, you don't look non-binary. Like, you have to prove it. What does that mean? So, senior year of high school, I shaved my head. Uh-huh. And I started wearing a binder uh-huh. because I felt like I had I owed them androgyny to prove my gender, yeah. which is so awful. which is so ridiculous. You've just figured out who you are. You're just getting confident with your identity, and now you're having to prove. And to now I'm having to your like peers yeah. that you're androgynous enough, like. After having to explain, like they didn't even know what it was beforehand. That's so sad. Yeah, so I shaved my head uh-huh. and I started wearing a binder every day. Mm-hmm. And even that didn't feel right. Correct. Mm-hmm. Like it felt like, oh, this is just what I have to do. Okay. But so I spent senior year with a shaved head and wearing a binder all the time. Mm-hmm. And I remember that was when people started catching on and calling me Ray. And that, the lid, that, validated like oh so I have to look like this to be valid so I got very defensive of my gender I don't blame you I got very on edge and when people would say she I'd be like it's they like I I was very defensive and I was very quick to 
not always be the nicest when I would correct people. Because now you're like in a headspace. I come from a very conservative town. I can also imagine, like, at this point, you're in the headspace of, like, I've already had to do these extra steps. Now what I, do I need to do? I was at the point where, like, you? now I have to defend it. Yeah. I was like, I've proven it. Now I have to defend it. Yeah. And then I graduated. And I went to college. And I m- remember the first week of school, me and my roommate were in our dorm and everybody was going to everybody's dorm in the hall and like introducing themselves yeah because it's as you do and i thought that was really cool i thought that was really cool they were like hey i'm this 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 is my major um and i had a non-binary flag on my wall Mm -hmm. i I remember one kid was like what is that flag and i was like oh i'm Mm non-binary and i was ready he was very jockey and i was ready to go off you're like ready to jump i was ready to attack and he was like i don't think i've that what is that like could you tell me about it like i'd really like to learn about it and i remember being like what you're not <laughs> he was gonna like, yeah me? he was like no i've never heard of that and i was like uh-huh. oh so i explained it to him he was like oh okay we well, were like well then i can't call you she and i was like no i use day he was like all right he was like i might mess it up but i'll get it yeah. he was like i'll get it i'll make sure i get it and i remember being like we're not in kansas anymore yeah. where am i i was like being like where am i yeah, that's like straight up proof. There's no excuse to purposefully misgender people. Yeah, and I, then like I started experiencing meeting people, and them being like, and I would immediately say, "I'm Ray, I'm non-binary," and they'd be like, "Oh, okay, what are your pronouns?" And I'd be like, "They, them." They'd be like, "Okay, I'll do my best," and it was never, "No, I'm not going to do that," or "You have to prove it to me." It was always, "Okay, I might get it wrong, but I'll, I'll do my best." Yeah. And I remember I was still very defensive about it. Like my professor, my advisor, who we talked about, Dr. Flater, amazing okay. person. Um, freshman year, I was one of the first non-binary people she'd ever met. Really? So she would mess up my pronouns in class sometimes. Yeah. And in front of the class, I would go, "It's day." Or she would be like, "Miss Ray," and I'd be like, "I'm not a girl." Mm-hmm. And I would get very defensive. And then as time went on, one time she said to me, she was like, I understand that you want to correct me. That's fine. I don't want you to think I'm doing it on purpose. And she made a point of calling me into her office and telling me, I'm, I'm, I'm old. And I started laughing. I was like, you're not. And she was like, this is very new to me. I'm trying to keep up. I promise I'm trying. I don't want you to think that I'm messing it up intentionally. That's and that was wonderful. towards the end of the year. And that was when I was like, maybe I should calm the fuck down. <laughs> I was like, maybe I should just chill out and like accept that these people are not doing it maliciously. Yeah. And then as time went on, I started getting a lot less defensive about it as I got more secure and less feeling like I had to like defend it. Mm-hmm. And now like people mess up my pronouns all the time and I'll be like, I don't, sometimes I don't even correct people. Mm-hmm. Sometimes like, but my friends do. My friends are very much yeah. like, oh, they use they, them. And they'll be like, oh, sorry. Um, but if they keep saying it, um, if they keep saying she, sometimes they'll be like, oh, by the way, I use they, them pronouns. And then they'll be like, oh, okay, you didn't tell me. And I'm like, it's, I'm not, I'm not mad about it. Like, yeah. you, you got it wrong, but it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't bother me that much anymore because nine people out of ten are doing it as a mistake and not yeah. maliciously. Yeah. Nine people out of ten are doing it because I'm the first non-binary person they've ever met. Yeah. And they're getting used to it. Mm-hmm. So I started, I kind of got more comfortable with it, and I realized that I didn't have to be so defensive of it. And that was a relief because then 
I realized that I didn't have to look a certain way. And I'm definitely on the more femme end of non-binary. Mm -hmm. Like, seven days out of ten, I dress more feminine. Like, mm -hmm. today I'm kind of gender neutral. Like, I'm yeah. just, just kind of wearing, like, a t-shirt and a pair of shorts. Um, but I enjoy wearing makeup and wearing dresses and doing my hair really pretty. Um, so I realized that I was in a place where I didn't have to prove it to anybody anymore. So during quarantine, I started growing out my hair. Like my hair's long now. It's quite long. It's, it's pretty much long. longer than when we met. Yeah, because it was shaved, and yeah. it's a lot longer now. And I love it. I love being able to like do stuff with my hair. The blue looks and good the, too. The end the of my the together. ends of my hair are blue, um, and I love that. I love being able to do that. Um, but I like being able to have enough hair where I could have blue and also have my natural color. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I didn't have to dye my whole head because I only had like a little bit of hair. Yeah. Um, so it was a relief to me to not have to prove it. So mm -hmm. during quarantine, I got a lot more comfortable with it and I had a long conversation with my parents and they were like, we will try. I promise we are gonna try to get it. And they've been getting a lot better. That's like awesome. now I don't even have to correct them, they correct themselves. That's good, that's awesome. And like my dad will more often than not use my pronouns, mm -hmm. which is cool. My mom, is getting really good with the name. Like she corrects herself with the name a lot. She's sometimes she doesn't even have to. She just mm -hmm. says it. She says Ray. Um, she's still getting used to the pronouns, but that's okay. I just remind her, and I do it like jokingly. Like she'll be on the phone, and she'll be like, "Oh, Ray's here. She's doing her homework." And I'll be like, "It's they." And she'll be like, "Sorry, it's they." And she'll be like, "They're doing their homework." And I'm always like, "It's all good." But I found out recently. I'm friends with one of her coworkers. I kind of adopted her as an aunt. Uh huh. Um, her name is Laura. She's great. Love her. Um, I kind of adopted her as my aunt, and um, I had coffee with her, and she was like, you know, your mom told, came to me and told me how worried she is about messing up and hurting your feelings. And I didn't know that that was something that she was, like, anxious about, was oh I don't goodness. want them to think that I don't care. Yeah. And I didn't realize that that was a conversation that they had, but it was. Yeah. And they were like my mom was like I just I just don't want to hurt their feelings and I remember like her telling me that and me getting a very different understanding of my mom mm -hmm. and being like oh so you care a lot yeah I remember being like wow okay um so the gender's journey was an interesting one mm -hmm. because it was a lot of confusion and the depression it probably would have been easier if I hadn't been so depressed. Yeah. And that was the only thing I was dealing with. Oh, absolutely. Um, but yeah, but I identified as gay mm -hmm. from like seventh grade until I got to college. And then I hit yeah. college and I was attracted to a guy. And I remember calling my sister crying yeah. and being like, I'm a bad gay. And my oh. sister was like, Okay, first of all, you're 19. It's not too late for you to be figuring these things out. Yeah. And I was like, but I'm already out. And they were like, okay, so you come out again. Yeah. You just and switch it up. they sat on the phone with me while I went back on LGBTQ Tumblr. Of course. And I looked it up, and I found pansexual, yeah. which seemed to fit because I realized that I would date somebody who was non-binary, or I would date somebody who was mid-transition, and I realized that I don't really care about what gender a person is. I care about who they are. Absolutely. Um... And that fits the non the the pansexual uh, yeah. tag. So then I kind of slowly started telling my family that I was pan, and they were like, and I 
I came out as pan and non-binary to a lot of my family at the same time. My, my dad's side. My mom's side's not very accepting. Yeah. So I didn't tell them, but my dad's side is very accepting. So I told them, I was like, so I, I'm pan, and I, I, I like all genders. And they were like, okay. And I was like, and also I'm non-binary, and I go by Ray, and I use they, them pronouns. And they were like, okay, that one's going to take some time. <laughs> but they're getting very good at it. Like, my aunts and my uncles always text me, and they say Ray, and my cousins always say Ray. And if they mess up, they always correct themselves That's and good. stuff like that. Um, but it, I've, I've, I'm lucky to have a very accepting part of my life. Yeah. But be, realizing I was pan was really hard because I had a whole identity crisis. Because so, freshman year of college, I, I, we said this before, freshman year of college, I was suicidal. Yeah. Because I had lost Daniel and I was still dealing with that trauma. And... Um, I was suicidal, and now I was having an. I, it was like I was I was back in sophomore year. I was suicidal, yeah. and I was having an identity crisis. Double whammy. So I was panicking, and but that one was easier to deal with uh-huh. because my sister made a good point that there are some people who marry a woman. Like there's like men and women too, but there are men who well, like marry a woman are married for like 30 years and then get a divorce and come out as gay. You know what I mean? Like they realize it later. Yeah. And my sister made a good point of like, you're kind of ahead of the game because you're still so young that it makes sense that you're still learning about yourself. My sister was like, that's what college is for. You go to college to learn more about yourself and obviously to get an education, but you learn a lot about yourself in college. And that was a big thing. So I came out as pan and um, that was a lot easier than the gender. I found that that was, it was still a struggle, but it was a lot easier than the gender and it didn't take as long. Mm-hmm. Because it was very much just like having to accept that I'm attracted to all genders. Yeah. And broadening my circle yeah. of people. Um, but I was, I was, I'm very lucky to have the people in my life that I have, especially my sister. Mm-hmm. My sister is like, my guru. I go to my sister for everything. They might as well be a Buddha. I go to my sister for everything. My sister might as well be the wise old man on the top of the mountain. That's wonderful. That you like climb to to go talk to. Um, my sister might as well be that person. Um, they are very supportive and very helpful and have guided me a lot in my mm-hmm. life. That's so important to have, especially as like having a sister that's so supportive. You know, yeah. I find that having a sibling that's super super supportive and especially someone who gets it like they're mm-hmm. also non- non-binary yeah. so like yeah and they came out much later than me uh-huh but in both instances because they're also queer mm-hmm. they came out they're gay and they came out much later than i did because mm-hmm. i came out early um and i respect them for that because they really took the time to like ruminate on it and um, I have a lot of respect for them. Um, but I understand why they waited. Because they were, like, still trying to, like... They wanted to learn how to live with it. Mm-hmm. How to live their life that way before they came out. And I, I came out with the intention of learning to live with it while my family was learning to live with it. Mm-hmm. So, not learning to live with it in the sense of, like learning to deal with it learning to live with it in the sense of like going through life with this identity yeah you know what I mean and you know my mom has gotten very good about it like my mom got a tattoo 
and um, it says family, and the Y is an anchor, mm-hmm. and on both sets of the anchor, there's a J and an R. And I thought that was cute. And I said to my mom, I was like, oh, that's cute. And she made a point of being like, I told the tattoo artist that my kids are Jay and Ray. And I was like, that, I appreciate it. That's cute. Like, my mom tries very hard. Like, there are days where my mom will be like, um, like, instead of saying, like, a little girl, my mom will be like, little person. And I'm like, I think that's cute. Little person. She'll be like, little human. Um, that's, that's I have an uncle on my mom's side who is not my uncle by blood or by marriage, uh-huh. but um, I think we talked about him on the pod. Was it on the podcast or just no? Us? It was a dinner. It was a dinner. <laughs> it was just us. Um, my uncle Billy is—I uh, want to say he's seventy-two. He seems like the coolest dude. He's older. He's seventy-two. He's not old, but he's older. He always mm-hmm. makes a joke like, "I'm gonna be eighty in eight years," or like, "I'm gonna be eighty in nine years." <laughs> it went from twelve to like nine. I can't oh remember if he's 71 or 72. I honestly don't uh-huh. remember because he just seems so, so youthful that I, I, can't, I don't even yeah. think about his age. Um, but he is one of the greatest people in my life. Mm-hmm. And he is my uncle by love um, because he has been my mom's best friend for over 30 years. That's the year my mom started dating my dad was the year that they met. Oh. So they have been best friends since my mom was a student teacher. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's how they met. He was a teacher at the school where she was a student teacher and they did a talent show. Oh my god, that's adorable. um, They had the teachers in and they got the student teachers involved and my mom, um, I think he was wearing a shirt that said Lavalette. My mom was like, Lavalette! And he was like, yeah, I have a house down there. And they started talking and then I think she went down to see him like the next summer. That's wonderful. In Lavalette. I think he invited her and my dad down. So, like, He's been in my life for my entire life. Like, yeah. he has known me since before I was born. Mm-hmm. He has known me since before my sister... Like, he's known us before my sister was born. Like, he's been around for a long time. So he is 100% Uncle Billy. Yeah. He is 100% my uncle. Um, you know, love makes a family, not blood. Absolutely. So he is 100% my uncle. And he has been very accepting... And a lot of people his age are not. No. And I came out as gay to him in high school. And he was like, okay, and? (laughs) I was like, thanks. Like, you're Um, (laughs) right. And then I hit college, and I came out as pan. I didn't come out as non-binary yet, Mm because I didn't know if he would understand. Yeah. And I hit college, and I came out as pan. And he was like, all right. He made a couple of, like, pot jokes, like, with, like, pots and pans. Of course. He made a couple of jokes. Um, funniest guy, funniest guy I know, my Uncle Billy, <laughs> funniest guy I know, literally just the, just such a joy, such a joy, and, um, I came out to him recently mm-hmm. as non-binary, and I told him, I was like, um, it was probably like a year ago, not even a year ago, it was recent, it was maybe like six months ago, Okay. and I said to him, I was like, listen, I just wanted to let you know that I'm non-binary, and he was like, what's that, mm-hmm. and I explained it to him, and he was like, Okay, it's gonna take me a while, but I'll I'll probably get it at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this summer, um, my sister came out to him as non-binary as well, mm-hmm. and he was very accepting. Mm-hmm. And he made a joke that he was coming out, and he showed us his real hair, <laughs> <laughs> and it was very funny. And he was like, okay, well, I'm going to come out too. And he took off 
his uh, <laughs> his hair, and we were just kind of like, okay. <laughs> it was it was, and it, we were all just cracking up. It was yeah. very funny. And he was like, you came out, so I'm going to come out too. Um, I love that. And it was very funny. And then recently we were on the phone and uh, he said, so you're going to be Ray now, right? And I said, yeah. And he was like, then I want to be Prince William. I love that. And I was like, okay. So um, we got lunch recently and um, he always jokes around and he, when, I, when we're about to see him. He always says, you lucky girl, like jokingly. <laughs> and then today, um, not today, um, when we got lunch, um, we set that up, and I and uh, I said, okay, then I'll see you then. And he said, you lucky kid. I love. He that. made it gender neutral. And he was like, you lucky kid. And I was like, so lucky. And I just Aww. thought it was sweet that he intentionally changed something he always says. Yeah. And made it gender neutral. That's wonderful. And it was very cute. And he used to add Ita to the end of my uh, uh, dead name. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I told him that he could just call me Relita now. Relita! <laughs> Relita! I love that. Um, but he's a, he's a very, he's very good. And if he listens to this, I don't know if he'll be upset that I mentioned his hair. But. We're sorry. Nobody that he knows listens to this podcast, so it's okay. <laughs> that's, that's all right. It's okay. Um, don't kill me, Uncle Billy. Um, but he's a good, he's a good dude. He's a very good dude. He's always been a very positive person in my life. He seems so genuine. He's such a positive person in my life. Like, there have been times that I was... And I told him when I got out of the hospital that I had been in the hospital. Oh, yeah. And he was like, if you ever want to talk, like, you can tell me anything. And I was like, I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember one time I needed somebody to calm me down because I'd blown a tire. And I was in a parking lot and I didn't know... My dad was on his way and he was calling a tow truck and I was panicking. Mm -hmm. Because it's scary when you blow a tire. It's, it's loud. So scary. It's loud. And it scared and then, the hell out of me. So I was like yeah. sobbing in my car. And oftentimes like you can't regain control of the car yeah. immediately. It's and I was like, terrifying. I need to calm down. And so I called him and he was like, hey, what's up? And I'm sobbing. He was like, what's going on? What's wrong? And I was like, I blew a tire. And he was like, where are you? I'm coming. Oh. And I was like, no, it's okay. My dad's coming. And I was like, can you just stay on the phone with me until he gets here? And he was like, yeah. And he oh. stayed on the phone with me, and he was cracking jokes, and he was calming me down. And I love that. He was like, it's okay. You know, you didn't total your car. You can get a new tire. It's not that big of a deal. And I was like, okay. And he, he, was, he was very helpful. Oh. He was like, you'll get it towed. He was like, you got AAA. I was like, yeah, we got AAA. I get a free tow for 100 miles. And he was like, perfect. Yeah. He was like, just get it towed. You'll get a new tire. It'll be fine. And I was like, okay, thank you. He was, he was, he was very good at, he's very good at keeping a level head. And then one time I was going to his house and my car died. Oh my gosh. Because there was something wrong with my alternator. Uh-huh. And my car just died. It would not, it yeah, would not. That's it was just gone. And it wouldn't, it wouldn't jump either. So I just, I, so I called him. I was like 10 minutes from his house. And I was like, can you come to the side of the road where I'm pulled over. He's like, yeah. So he came and he tried to jump it, but it wouldn't keep a charge. So we were like, we're just gonna have to get it towed. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got it towed and then I was like, we were gonna all have dinner. I'm like, all right, I guess we're not having dinner. And he was like, oh, we're having dinner. Just cause you don't have a car doesn't mean we're not having dinner. And that. we went back to his house and we ate dinner and we oh. had a good time. Um, and it was a nice distraction from the fact that I didn't have a car. Yeah. Um, but that got fixed pretty quick. Um, my parents are really good about um, not making me pay for car repairs Mm -hmm. so they usually pay for stuff that has to do with my car because my dad's the same way my dad is very much like you can pay for it when you're established Mm -hmm. and you can afford to pay for it yeah like my dad is very much like i'm not going to ask you to take 400 dollars out of the money you've saved for study abroad so 
we can fix your alternator. Exactly. And I was like, okay. So my parents usually split it and they, they cover it for That's me. Nice. And like, I think I've contributed to like a couple of oil changes, but even that my dad usually pays for. Um, so I've, I, my parents are very good about like, we'll help you f- with stuff until you're on your own and you can afford it. That's like they dad. pay for my meds mm-hmm. and they pay my tuition, they pay for school and, um, some of my loans are in my dad's name mm-hmm. and like stuff like that. So my dad was very much like, you can pay for stuff when you can actually afford it. Mm-hmm. Like when you can afford it, you, you know, you could contribute. Yeah. But for right now, you're in college. You're not working full time. You're not making a lot of money. We can we can cover it. We are established. We're your parents. We have full time jobs. You know, we we can cover it. So um, my parents are very helpful in that regard. They're very they're very good. They don't expect me to pay for too much. And like I'll pay for my own groceries yeah. sometimes. But even that, they're very much like, "What do you need? I'm going to the store," and they get me stuff. Um, I'm I'm not privileged mm-hmm. because you know I I'm not rich. I yeah. didn't necessarily grow up poor, but I grew up um, a little tighter. Well, tighter than the kids that I went to school with. Yeah. So they made me feel poor. Um, which now I realize I wasn't. I was Wayne poor. I was never poor. I was Wayne poor. Anywhere else, I, I'm... We're middle class. Yeah. We're like lower middle class. Mid to lower middle yeah. class. Um, and things are a lot better now. But um, I remember growing up, I was like, you know, we, we, we had a hard time growing up and I started working when I was like 13 mm-hmm. um, because I knew that it was easier for me to have my own money yeah and um, there were some things that my parents couldn't pay for I was like okay then I'll save up and I'll pay for it yeah. you know what I mean I knew they wouldn't be able to buy me a car so I saved up and bought my own car mm-hmm. you know what I mean um, so I'm not privileged but mm-hmm. I'm lucky yeah I'm not privileged I'm lucky um, so I, I definitely am lucky, um, to have the parents that I have and that they're able to help me with stuff. And sometimes they, they, they can't always help me with stuff and that's fine, but they usually do help me with stuff. So I'm not a privilege, I'm not a privileged rich kid, but I'm a lucky kid that comes from a working class family. And you know, I work. I haven't gotten a paycheck from my new job yet. I get paid this Friday, mm-hmm. and that's going to be a big paycheck. Yeah. Um, but in the time that I haven't been getting paid, which I haven't gotten a paycheck since the first week of August, mm-hmm. which was, it's been rough. Yeah. Um, they've been helping me a lot. My mom's been sending me money. That's great. Um, my dad's been paying for stuff for me. Um, my mom's com- helped me out a lot with a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very helpful, and when they can help, they do. Um, and they're just really good. That's they, they take good care of me and my sister. You know, they pay for our meds, and, you know, my mom's card is on file at my therapist's office, which is $5 a week, which is amazing. That's not bad at all. Because we have incredible insurance. Yeah. Incredible insurance. So, I pay $5 a, uh, a, per session for therapy, and I go mm-hmm. every two weeks. So, it's $20 a month? $10 yeah. a month? No. That was not correct math ten dollars a month um and it's helping me a lot and even if i was going every week she would still pay for it yeah and even if it was more expensive she would still pay for it Mm -hmm. so 
it's it's been it's it's good like i'm i'm not privileged but i'm lucky i like to make a point that i'm not privileged because i understand mm -hmm. you know working your butt off and i've been working since i was 13 yeah. and i have a crazy work ethic yeah um like i have a work ethic to the point that when i'm not working i feel guilty i am the exact same way and i get that it's the worst feeling yeah and i took a couple of weeks during august to take a break from working because i had just left a very intense job yeah i was like i think i just you want to take a it. break and then when the semester starts i'll start working Absolutely. and my parents were like you deserve that and i was like i don't know and they were like no you deserve that and i was like okay yeah. um so but now i'm working and i like my job Mm -hmm. um, I'm a manager in edible arrangements, mm -hmm. which is awesome. It's a great job. Yeah. Um, I help with deliveries on Saturdays too, which is good. It's, it's, it's easy. It's yeah. not easy, but it's not what it, my other job was. Yeah, it's, it's not, not it's intense. not in, as intense compared to my other job. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's, it's much better and, but I'm lucky with that. I have the parents I have and I'm lucky that they help me when I need help yeah. and stuff. And you know, I know a lot of people that their parents will like, well, once you turn 18, I don't have to support you anymore. Yeah, I've never understood that. I never that understood logic. that. And my parents, I remember like as I was getting older um, and I was, I was probably like 16, 17, I remember saying to my dad, I was like, hey, can I ask you something? He was like, yeah. I was like, do you think you could still support me when I turn 18? Mm -hmm. And he looked at me like I had three heads. He was like... <laughs> Did you think I wouldn't? And I was like, well, you know, my, my friend's parents said that yeah. once they turn 18, they have to start supporting themselves. And he was like, you're still going to be in high school when you turn 18. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, and then you're going to go to college. Yeah. And you're not going to work a full-time job. I don't think parents, I don't think certain parents, I can yeah. say, my, get it. My dad was like, you're not going to work a full-time job. You can't afford college by yourself. And I was like, well, I know that. And he was like, so why would I not support you? And I was like, oh, okay. And, like, me and my parents have this agreement that I'm going to pay for grad school because it's a lot more affordable than college. Yeah. I'm going to pay for grad school. And you can get grants, especially yes. if you decided to teach a class I'm on gonna, top of it. Because I'm also going to be working full-time while I'm yeah. in grad school. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm going to be a part-time grad student and a full-time worker. I'm going to yeah. have a full-time job. And we agreed that I would pay for grad school, but when I need help, they'll help. And if they can, they'll help. Like, my sister's paying for grad school right now. And my dad was like, if you need a couple hundred here and there, let me know. Mm -hmm. And my sister was like, really? And he was like, yeah, like if you need, I can't pay for it, yeah. but I can help when I can. Like if I can help, I will. Yeah. And it'll be a lot easier once I graduate. For sure. Um, because then it's not him helping my sister and paying my tuition. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, but he's willing to help like when i get a full-time job if i need a little bit of help for grad school he was like i'll help you that's wonderful he was like i if i can i will and my dad had my mom and my dad my mom also um i make it sound like my dad is the one that pays for things but my mom and my dad kind of have this agreement where mm -hmm. my mom pays for more of the everyday stuff mm -hmm. and my dad pays like the mortgage mm -hmm. the electric the water that's a good way cable. to do it and my mom pays more for like groceries the big grocery shop um when i need money to go out or um and then they split like car stuff um they that's the way they, to do it sometimes my mom pays for my meds sometimes my dad pays for my meds so it's very give and take in their relationship it's a very 
50-50 relationship because my dad pays for certain things and my mom pays for other things. Um, and it's, it's very give and take. And my dad made a good point after I broke up with my ex that that is what a relationship is supposed to be. It's Absolutely. supposed to be you give a little bit, the other person gives a little bit. And he was like, you need to find a relationship like that. And he used their relationship as an example. He was like, I pay for more of like mortgage and electric and like that kind of stuff. He was like, your mom pays for like, you know, you need groceries, she'll pay for that. Or like, um, like when I need stuff for school, she buys me that. Mm -hmm. Or like, she spent so much money on me for back to school. <laughs> you know, like so much money. Yeah. And she did not even hesitate. Really? Like did not hesitate. And she's very helpful. And, like, when we go out for dinner, my mom will pay for that. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes my dad will pay. Sometimes my mom will pay. Or, like, they'll take turns when we're on vacation. My dad will pay for breakfast. My mom will pay for dinner. Yeah. My dad will buy lunch. My mom will pay for something else. Yeah. You know? So it's very equal in my parents' relationship. That's wonderful. And um, I like that about them because they've, they've set a very good example oh my God, for yeah. me and my sister about what relationships should be like. And they've, they've set a very good example. And I'm hoping that I can find something like my mom and my dad. Because, you know, I'm lucky. A lot of my friends are like, oh, my parents are divorced. My parents hate each other. Yeah. And then there's me, who my parents have been together for 34 years. Very much in love. Still go on dates. They sent yeah. me a picture the other night of them at some tavern. And my mom was oh. like, we're on a date. And I was oh like, that's God. adorable. We have, like, pictures of my parents on dates. All yeah, the yeah. Cute. And they, they're like, cute. still have date night. You know what I mean? It's so important. Like, you know, it's very, it's, my parents are a very good example of what a relationship should be. Yeah. Of what a relationship should look like. Because a lot of my friends' parents, like, are divorced and don't like Same each other me. or have a toxic relationship or yeah. you know you know have used drugs or like are heavy drug users yeah. or stuff like that and that's just not the case like my parents never did drugs mm -hmm. my parents never hated each other my yeah. parents have never Cons like I've asked my mom and my mom's like I've never considered getting a divorce from your father even in the worst of times I've never thought about getting a divorce mm -hmm. and worst of times being like if my dad was out of a job mm -hmm. or like if something was wrong you know my mom was always like I never considered getting a divorce from your father I always knew that you stick it out in the hard times yeah and, I, and my mom said that in the hard times you don't leave you work harder and I was I like, love that. I love that. And my parents' relationship has always been a very good example of what it should be. Mm -hmm. What it should be like. It's a very give and take. They're very much in love. You know, like, my parents are really cute. They're That's cute wonderful. together. And, you know, my mom, like, sings my dad's praise. Oh. Sings my dad's praise. And my dad sings my mom's praise That's how you know it what i mean be. like they admit when the other person is wrong yeah but they're never like oh you're the worst they're always like okay this was not great we should we should fix that yeah um and they're very good and you know i was telling you before i'm having an issue right now mm -hmm. um with res life and my dad is very protective my dad's a very protective person he's very chill mm -hmm. until you mess with his family that's fair. Either his sisters or his brothers or his kids or his wife. Um, if you mess with his family, he gets very protective and he is 
he he be, it, it's really funny. He becomes the alpha. Really? My dad when somebody when he feels like somebody is doing his family wrong mm -hmm. and he needs to protect them, he becomes the alpha in the room. Really? He becomes the most prominent person in the room. Mm -hmm. And I'm very lucky that I have a dad that's like I am always here for whatever you need. Mm -hmm. And it's nice that my dad is so chill and that I can have joking conversations with him. And we bust on each other yeah. all the time. But it's also like, hey, I'm having this issue. I need you to defend me. He's like, when and where? I love that. When and where, um, what time I'm there. Mm -hmm. And he's always, he's willing to go to bat for me and my sister and my mom, anyone in his family. Yeah. He's willing to fight for us. That's wonderful. And that has always been a very positive thing. I've never felt... And my mom is the same way. My mom has always gone to bat for me. Mm -hmm. um, so I have never felt like my parents weren't going to protect me. Mm -hmm. Because they always have. Mm -hmm. They've always been there to like... Kind of level the playing field. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They've always been there to like... When there's an issue, they help me take care of it. Yeah. Or if I can't take care of it and I need somebody older than me and more experienced, they do it for me. They take mm -hmm. they take care of the problem. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm very lucky. And, you know, I'm also very lucky that they've been so accepting of me. Yeah. You know, when I came out as gay, when I came out again as pan, when I came out again as non-binary, mm -hmm. the only thing they ever said in response was always, we just want you to be happy. That's all they ever cared about. And I kind of led this episode a lot. Yeah. Um, which is okay, because I want to find an episode for you to lead more. Okay. Um, I want us to, like, have episodes that, like, one of us leads. Absolutely. And stuff. So Absolutely. I'm trying to get Chris uh -huh. on our podcast. For sure. Because he's a drag queen. Yeah. And I would love to hear about what he has to say. And yeah. I would love to talk to him. I wanted to talk to him about gender roles and gender stereotypes and oh gender gosh, norms. Wonderful, yeah. And I was really thinking that he would have a great perspective on that. I yeah, just bought a third mic. So um, that we, we'll have that taken care of, no problem. Awesome. So I'm really looking forward to that. I'm trying to, but he's so busy that I'm trying to like yeah. nail if we down. We need to like switch a day. Yeah, like, yeah, we might have to. Dance. We might have to because I'm trying I, to. I'm I, trying to nail down a day yeah. that I can, I can, I can get him in for an Absolutely. hour. As long as I'm able, like, if we need to pick like. Like a Wednesday or a Thursday, which are really the only days I like absolutely work. I yeah, well, I I have my internship Thursdays anyway, yeah. and I go home Wednesday anyway. So like, probably worst comes to worst, it would probably be like we could figure it out. We'll it might it might have out. to be like a Saturday or a Sunday oh, that's night. Fine. You know what I mean? I know yeah. Tuesday's podcast day, but yeah, you know, we'll make it work. Um, I I figured that um we'll have our uploads be on Tuesdays because it's okay. just easy. Absolutely. Um, I premiered, I had a schedule, you could premiere, you mm -hmm. could set like a premiere, so I scheduled mm -hmm. the episode three to get uploaded, mm -hmm. so we're filming this the day that episode three is getting uploaded. Yeah, it's currently um, 2.44 Yeah, yeah. PM. So, um, I think it's getting uploaded at three. Okay, sick. So it'll be up, um, and I'll post the link and stuff. Awesome. Um, so yeah, so we hope you enjoyed some more serious yeah. episode. Kind of last week was a little bit more. Last serious week too. was. I like how you're you're like yeah more serious episode. Like we didn't talk about our 
deep relationship with grief <laughs> It's a little bit more serious. Yeah. Um, a little bit more in-depth. Yeah. But it's important um, to have these conversations. Yeah, 100%. No one's really talking about, about this stuff. 100%. You know? Yeah, it's important to have this conversation. It's important to be open. Um, because sometimes, like, the way I see it is I consider myself a mental health advocate. Because Absolutely. if there's somebody out there that's like, I don't know how to talk about this. I need to find somebody that knows how to talk about it. Um, and can understand me without me saying it. Then I want to be that person. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's you know. why I'm so interested in being a therapist. Because I want to help people yeah. feel heard and understood and yeah. feel better. So right now I just consider myself a mental health advocate Absolutely. because I want to help people be like, you get it. Somebody gets it. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a wonder what stumbling upon a random podcast. Yeah. 100%. I know on like my lowest days stumbling upon like a YouTube video where somebody was like, yeah, I feel this way too. I'd be like, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. I'm not crazy yeah sick wow i'm what not else? crazy sorry it's an ajr song <laughs> then you're talking i'm like wow i'm not crazy oh we're gonna get copyrighted a little bit it's okay <laughs> no it's fine um that's a that's a good one um yeah if you ever want to be like wow i'm not crazy listen to that it's called wow i'm not crazy and it's basically him being like i found somebody that understands me I love that. <laughs> I love that. so yeah I feel like we can all very much relate to we that. can very much relate to that so um yeah i hope you guys enjoyed this episode we are at 57 minutes look at us go yeah. yeah so i hope you guys enjoyed this episode another um, one in the books another one in the books <laughs> we'll be back next week yeah and i'm hoping we can get chris um, and then I also have my cousin Danielle is gonna oh, do an episode with us. Her. That one I might you might have to come to my yeah. home. That's perfect. And we might have to film there that's because she, it's, it's a little hard for her to come out. Yeah, I don't blame her. Especially because she works late, so it might yeah. be easier for oh, me to bring my for setup. Sure, home. absolutely. Uh, so yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed, and um, we'll see you next week. Have a good one. Have a good one.